Hello and welcome to Nick's Snack for Neologisms, episode 13, where we define and discuss the most amazing words in the English language. Last episode was a review, and in this episode we're covering three new words, and they are quibble, platitude, and neophyte. Three really good words, actually. I actually like all these words. None of these words I dislike. And yeah, these are three really good words. So let's get started. So quibble is the first word. It's spelled Q-U-I-B-B-L-E. That's Q-U-I-B-B-L-E. And it is an instance of the use of ambiguous, prevaricating, or irrelevant language or arguments to evade a point at issue. It can also mean the general use of such arguments or petty or carping criticism, a minor objection, to equivocate, to carp, cavil. It's a lot of crap for the word quibble. So, if you remember, uh, in a previous episode we covered the word equivocate, which can be synonymous with the word quibble, but I actually don't think that they're um, that synonymous. Remember, if you remember the word equivocate means to use ambiguous language to express yourself or to sort of dodge a question by using ambiguous language or vague language, right? But when people use the word quibble, it's usually um, to bring up something that's like unnecessary during an argument just to make a point, something that's like trivial in nature when you're arguing, just something that you don't really care about. You're like quibbling about it. It's not that important. You're quibbling. It's just not that important. It's something that's irrelevant that you're bringing up. That's what the word quibble means. So maybe you and your friend are arguing about something dumb, like, I don't know, your favorite color and why it's the best color. That would be a very quibbling argument. That would be a quibble. Like no one really cares, right? You can't really prove it. It's preferential. It's based on preference. So it's it's quibbling in nature. Let's see. What would be another example of quibbling? Hmm. Oh, okay. Say that, um, say, say you found perhaps one of the highest rated movies on imdb.com, right? The internet movie database. You know, it's got like nine stars or something. And there's one movie critic on there who gives it five stars. Why? Because in, in one scene, um, uh, the, the, the main actor was wearing a tie and then they pan the movie to someone else and they quickly pan back to him and he's not wearing the tie anymore, right? So they messed it up and he's like, that's why it's not the best movie ever. Well, that would be a quibbling point. Like, who cares? The basis of how good a movie is is not dependent on you know, whether or not the actor's wearing a tie in one, st- one instance and, a, and he's not wearing a tie in the next. It's quibbling. It's irrelevant, right? So that would be an example of quibble. Yeah. Okay. So the way that you remember the word quibble, or one way you can remember it I found online is you think of the word query plus the word babble because quibble sort of has both of those words in it. So query obviously relates to a question. Babble is like incoherent speech. So you put them together. If you ask someone a question and they babble about it, they might end up quibbling over it or they might end up using vague language to express themselves. So that's the word quibble. Really good word, quibble. Here are some online examples of the word I found being used in a sentence. First one goes, historians quibble over the exact date of the original library's demise. Some think it happened Tuesday, February 14th, 1874, and others think it occurred the day after. Quibble. Yeah, they're definitely quibbling over the library's demise. While you can quibble on moral grounds, arguing about the fine differences between the two wrongdoings, it won't convince a judge. And the next example goes, the presidential candidate was asked what his view was on abortion, and he never gave a clear answer, but quibbled about the importance of keeping families together. Quibble. That's a good example of the word quibble. 
because he's not answering the question. The presidential candidate was not answering the question directly. He was just quibbling about something that wasn't relevant to the question asked. The next example goes, stop your quibbling. Are you really going to argue that one fast food joint is healthier than another? That McDonald's is healthier than Burger King? So that's the word quibble, Q-U-I-B-B-L-E, an instance of the use of ambiguous, prevaricating, or irrelevant language or arguments to evade a point at issue or just to bring up a a minor argument unnecessarily or a minor point or objection unnecessarily. Quibble. All right, that's the word quibble. Let's move on to our next word, which is another good word, and it is platitude. It is spelled P-L-A-T-I-T-U-D-E, platitude. This is a really good word. I love this word. A flat, dull, or trite remark, especially one uttered as if it were fresh or profound. So let me read that again because I think the second part is really important. It says, a flat, dull, or trite remark, especially one uttered as if it were fresh or profound. So the first thing that comes to my mind when I think of platitude is when you ask someone who's on the job, you ask them how their day is going and they say, just live in the dream. But they say it like, you know, it's original when it's really not. It's been said for ages, right? You're like, oh my God, it's totally an example of a platitude. That's why I like this word so much because platitudes are all around us. And um, here's a nice paragraph I found online about platitudes. I'm not sure who wrote it, so I can't give him credit. It was just like one of those Wikipedia type things. It says, platitudes are unoriginal, overused declarative sentences that usually assert a truth. In fact, it's been said that a platitude is simply a truth repeated until people get tired of hearing it. Totally true. The following are examples of platitudes. Everything happens for a reason. Time heals all wounds. Anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Living well is the best revenge. Yeah, those are all really good platitudes. Here's another one, another paragraph I found that was really good on platitudes. It was by writerzim.com or from someone from that website. And they said, when someone is coping with a life problem, a platitude is the typical reaction of another person who has nothing genuinely heartfelt or sympathetic to say. It helps fill the silence in an uncomfortable conversation and can be an indirect way of letting suffering people know that they should look elsewhere for meaningful dialogue. Yeah, platitudes. That thing that is said so often that almost, it's said so repetitively or so repeatedly that it almost kind of loses meaning. Here's a good, here's a good list too that was on writerzim.com of platitudes. Ready? It goes, it's okay. This is life. Such is life. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. Time will tell. It's God's will. It is what it is. It's in the past. I feel your pain. Karma's a bitch. Live and just let live. Just be yourself. You'll get over it. Don't dwell on it. It could be worse. I share your pain. It was meant to be. Yeah, those were all platitudes. Actually, another platitude I can't stand is everything happens for a reason. Oh, it's like one of the worst platitudes ever. So yeah, that's why platitudes are a good word to know. So the next time you hear one, you'll be like, ah, definitely a platitude, right? Oh, and a good way to remember it is you just think of well, it has that prefix plat in it, which I didn't really research, but it's kind of like plateau, which is like, isn't that just like a long stretch of elevated land? It's been a while since I've been in elementary geography or whatever, but plat, or it's just think it's like plain platitude, just long stretch, plain, boring, nothing there, platitude. Yeah. All right. So that's a platitude. Okay. Um, let's move on to our next word, which is neophyte. It's a good word too. It's spelled N-E-O-P-H-Y-T-E, N-E-O-P-H-Y-T-E. And it's defined, 
it's got an easy definition. It just means a beginner. So remember from, I think our first episode when we covered neologism, which was a new word, had that N-E-O plus logo, meaning word, so new word. N-E-O just means new, that's the prefix. I don't really know what the fight means in neophyte. I did some research and all I found was that fight related to plants. So I don't know where that new plant kind of comes in. But the neo, if you just remember that, it's new. And if you ever try something for the first time, you're new at it, you're a beginner, you're a neophyte. The word, I think, originated in the mid-1500s, and it usually would refer to someone who was newly converted to a particular religion. So I think over time, that's probably what happens with most words is that they slowly lose their specific definition and they eventually sort of broaden out. So it probably went from like, oh, here's a new person, new religious person, new convert, and now it's just a new person at anything, a beginner, a neophyte. So here are some online examples I found of the word neophyte being used in a sentence. Anyone but a neophyte, however, will find many of these selections quite familiar. And the next example goes, pitching a tent can be frustrating for seasoned and neophyte campers alike. Can definitely relate to that one. The next example goes, not doing her proper research is the quickest way for a neophyte investor to get burned And the last example goes, but despite his ambition, he was a neophyte manager and bank after bank turned him down. Neophyte, N-E-O-P-H-Y-T-E, a beginner. All right, so those are our three words. Quibble, platitude, neophyte. Let's go over them and see if we can remember their definitions, all right? So what does the word quibble mean? As in, historians quibble over the exact date of the original library's demise. Good. It just means a minor objection, unnecessary argumentation, something of that nature. All right. Let's go over the word platitude. What does the word platitude mean? Good. A flat, dull, or trite remark, especially one uttered as if it were fresh or profound. And lastly, the word neophyte. What does the word neophyte mean? Neophyte. Good. Neophyte just simply means beginner. Cool. All right. That wraps it up for episode 13. Stay tuned for episode 14 where we define and discuss three more great words. And if you haven't already, please uh, leave me a review on iTunes. Let me know how I'm doing. And until next episode, we will see you then. Bye.